places in five. Welcome, everybody, to the next installment of Places in Five with Fishman and Liz. How are you doing, Fishman? Hello, hello. I'm doing good. Well, I always say that. It's so embarrassing that I say doing good, and it's so obviously not the right way to speak. But hey, English is my second language. so Yes, and, and clearly you were not a good good enough student to get all that good English stuff going on there. Yeah. Well, I've always been a really pretty horrible student, so it's not surprising. Most people, and myself included, even though I'm a writer, don't write or speak properly. I mean, come on, we're, we're bad. In America, we're, we're kind of bad. Yes. There are many days that I feel like quite the genius compared to some of the people I hear out in the world and how they converse. Oh, definitely. 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 Yeah. Sometimes, but then other times I think, oh goodness, I am a kind of a stickler for, um, for grammar, not for, you know what? No, not grammar, spelling. I really am a stickler for spelling because I really loved spelling when I was a kid. And, um, and that's kind of what I do a little bit in my regular day job. I have to make sure there are no typos. I can actually picture a word in my head. I used to memorize words and picture them in my head and that's how I knew how to spell them. And I still do that. Yes, I'm we're totally with yep. you. I take great pride in the fact that there are words that I remember that I remembered the rule about how to spell that mm-hmm. word. Or like to this day, it's like it's like oh, that's cool. I still remember how to spell that word. Right. I'm always thinking in terms of like I sh- it would be great if I could get on a spelling bee. I would do really well. I was in a spelling bee and did okay in that when I was in elementary school. But the funny thing is, right, nobody knows how to spell anymore because everything's spell check and or the the friggin' internet and, and texting. Oh my God, you know, everyone's shortening words. And the autocorrect is so frustrating because it doesn't do it right. You know, it's like, no, I'm purposely typing that word incorrectly. Or like if I'm typing NP for no problem, it just keeps wanting to correct it to no. Right. It thinks I'm typing no. And I'm like, no, God no, damn it. No, no, NP. I'm right. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, I'm with you. That's a whole. That's the trade-off too. It's like I don't, you know. But sometimes if you're typing quickly, you love it if when it autocorrects and it gets it right. I don't know. These are the woes. You know what, Fishman? I just came back from vacation. Remember, I went away. That's why we're delayed in our. We're kind of doing a, a our podcast a day late because I decided to play hooky from podcasting and go away for the weekend. Yes. How was it? And where did you go? I went to Florida. You know, the sunshine state. I must say this, and I apologize ahead of time to people who live in Florida who might be listening to this. Joe and I have a new expression. We're going to call it, we're calling it Flirdo for Florida weirdos. Here's the reality. There's a lot of strange people and things going on in Florida. With a totally, a totally different flavor uh, that's unique to that. Totally, totally. And anybody who's ever been to Florida or lives in Florida gets it. No disrespect, seriously, no disrespect, just an observation. Just like, look, everybody in New York is crazy too. So I'm I'm all on board with the crazy, but uh, Florida has a unique crazy. Um, And actually the writer, Carl Hyacin, um, he's a famous uh, writer and he, I believe he took a lot of stories from uh, the strangeness of Florida and created books out of them. And I know he's kind of commented on the Flirto factor, what I'm calling the uh, Flirto. 
because it's just weird, man. They dress weird. They act weird. Maybe it's the sun baking their brains. I think it's the flatness. It is. Everything's just flat. It is all flat. I found that so remarkable the first time I was ever down there. My whole life, you know, I grew up in a community with a lot of Jews, and it seemed to me that everybody's grandparents lived in Florida. Of course. That's where you go. So they... So they would go down there and I didn't, I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have the Floridian thing. And it wasn't until I got married and married a person that had the grandparents in Florida that mm -hmm. I then got to have that whole experience. And when I went down there for the first time, I was like, this is everything that I imagined it ever was going to be based Where on. Where was it? I, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And there was just with the high rises on the canals mm -hmm. and the early bird special dinners. Oh yeah, and just the and the just the sheer density of older people. Oh, it's, it's just shocking and alarming. And it's like I never want to live here. I'd rather be dead than have this be oh. coming to die. See, isn't that funny? I have that same experience. I keep everyone keeps talking. All my friends and. Even when we were down there with friends who are doing some real estate stuff down there, everyone's like, wow, I want to move here someday when I retire. It's the, it's, my dad lives down there. He's retired. Who knows? Maybe I'd love living down there when I was retired, when I'm retired, because I get it. You know, the, the warm weather, the lifestyle is a little slower, clearly. The cost of living is lower. The taxes are lower. I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons, right? Why, why there is a huge retirement community. Yes. However, it does make, freak me out and go, okay, I'm going to go to Florida. And that's basically where I go to slow down and die. When the most important highlight of your day is you go to Publix uh, supermarket. It's just too much for me. Too much for me. I sometimes have those days though now, I that, have to say. <laughs> that all you do is go to the grocery store? <laughs> right. If there, there, are, there have been a couple of days uh, in the months since I've lived in LA where because it always feels so crazy on a daily basis, if a day comes along where I don't have anywhere I have to be and it's I'm just chilling out and then I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go to the grocery store and that will be my activity for the day. There's something about that that feels very satisfying. Well, you know why? Because it's just a whole different lifestyle for you there than being in New York. Right. And the novelty of actually going to the grocery store is also not something I do all the time. So, yeah. So once you got back, how do you feel? Like, you're, did you get, were you inundated with work that then you had to catch up on or were you fine? Oh, oh gosh, yes. Yeah, today, you know, it's always, today was my first day back and I was only out two work days though. That's what's always so funny. I always laugh at all the emails that you get, you know, um, and that's, that's our world. Um, so I was just digging out today and just trying to deal with getting back into the groove. And that's why people tend to not take vacation sometimes because they're so worried about that digging out that occurs as the result of the vacation mm -hmm. that they're like, I might as well just keep working. It's a terrible thing that people think and they do. It's American culture. But it is. Yeah, that is such American culture. Mm -hmm. And then for the most part, when you come back from vacation, if you don't respond to somebody right away, people are understanding of that too. But we have this need to be like, oh my God, I got to get through all this email uh, right away. And it's just, it's it's insane what yep, we do to yep. ourselves. Yep, the whole, we've, we've gotten way out of control with the constant emails and the not being able to unplug and every single guru, you know, who talks about productivity and 
a living a better life talks about how email is such a disaster to people's lives. How, how it just is too much. It's too much. And now, and all the time people spend on social media and oh, distraction. And I think that's a real change to society. That's not, it's not hell. It's not good. It's so there's such negativity in the world as a result of what's going on in social media. That's really sad. Oh, it's horrendous. I mean, it's, it's actually, coming out more. I think people are becoming a lot more aware of it and experts are really starting to kind of put the message out that this amount of social media and and connectivity, constant connectivity we have is really detrimental to to our lives and living a, a comfortable, enjoyable life as well as our brains. It's actually rewiring our brains. Our attention span has actually decreased which you would think, okay, with all this information, wow, our brains are expanding, but it's not. Our attention span is shrinking. Right, because people aren't really spending the time reading articles that have been researched and books and quality material. They're just reading the diatribe of people in their own echo chamber. Ooh, diatribe. Ooh, listen to so, you. So, yeah, there's a real dumbing. <laughs> there's a, thank you. Echo chamber. <laughs> <laughs> There's a real dumbing down going on there. Oh yeah, I mean we we can't we don't we don't have time. We're we're like okay, I need to know within ten seconds whether something's happening, or I, I just don't have the attention span and and time to look at something, call somebody, take the time, sit down, you know, unplug. We we just don't. I'm surprised we remember and can focus on anything. Frankly, mm. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Vacations are cool though. They're great. Actually, there's a great thing I saw, I think it was on Instagram recently. And it says, I want to live my life that I don't need a vacation from. Right. Isn't that cool? Yes. Vacation isn't always just about escaping your regular life. You need a break from. It's the adventure. So, but most people have this thing in their head that, okay, vacation, oh, from work, a vacation from work. I need time off. And everybody does need time off. Absolutely. Um, you said you had to do an audition. You had a couple auditions where you were um, playing your typecast? Um. Just in the past two weeks, um, I've gone out on a couple of calls and they were both for grandfathers. Mm. You're, you're, you're of that age. Now, when I go out for these grandfather roles, it's interesting that I see that I'm on the younger scale of that. But I, my, That's whole, right. my whole life, I mean, as a child, I would get cast as the old man. Well, because, so now because of I'm the so middle-aged, and now I'm still getting cast as the old man. You know, it's just like, it just, it just. Well, that's the way I guess it all works. Okay, right. There you go. There's a see one of the uh, lessons of the stage. Here we go is typecasting, right? Typecasting, totally. which means people want to put you in a box, but don't we, we do, and we do it in life all the time. And we look at people and we instantly size them up and exactly. make up what we think about them. And it's just that's exactly why it's that way in the entertainment business, too. That's an extension right. of human behavior. Well, because think about it. If you watch a commercial and somebody's playing a grandpa, right, grandfather, right. and they look too young or just something's not right, you'll immediately go, what? That, that's bad. You know what I mean? You Even if you can't put your finger on it that it's bad casting, which we can look at it that way, they'll just, the vibe of the commercial doesn't sit right, right, with the uh, person watching it. So, um think about it. I mean, w w stereotypes work. 
Absolutely. In the advertising world. Sure. Well, that's just the way really, it is. That's the way we human beings do see each other. We we, exactly. we do see. We see color. We see uh, ethnicity. We see that mm-hmm. immediately. Yep. Age. Yep. Age. We see age. Yes. Yeah. Gender. Socioeconomic kind of. We yep. look at somebody and size them up. Right. Mm-hmm. People, which is yeah. just that. And that's something that's kind of fun that that has really changed because some of the most expensive shit people buy looks like it's pulled out of a dumpster. So, oh, yeah. you know, it's just amazing to me. It's like the, right now with the ripped up jeans and the like, oh, yeah. like, like there's 20 rips on each pant leg. And that's like, you would have never done that fashion. And it's like, it's wow, so that's funny to me. And people are spending a lot of money for those ripped up jeans. That's right. And and years ago, see, we sound like the grand. See, we do sound like the grandparents yeah, now because exactly. no way would we have bought ripped jeans. That was the whole point. You know that that's insane. You want new jeans? Or you know what or I, mean? real, actually- I remember as a kid, it was this the rip in your knee. Um, oh yeah. And then there was there was a time period where we put iron on patches on the knees. Oh, oh definitely. Um, it's just different generationally, I guess that's all. Uh, definitely. But the, also you can, the funny thing is you really, sometimes the interesting thing about stereotypes and typecasting is that you can't judge always a book by its cover because, you know, you'll meet, you can meet a really rich person who dresses in a baseball hat and a t-shirt and jeans and you, your, your thought is, okay, that person is X, Y, Z, right? but they could be filthy rich. So it's just the way they like to dress or the way they carry themselves. It, yep. It's fascinating really how, how we do that. But typecasting in our business in the in show business or yeah. the entertainment field is, is very important. And, you know, I've been typecast, you know, when I, all the years I was in musical theater and, and different things that I, you know, they look at me and they go, okay, she's, you know, five foot three, she's blonde, she's this, you know, I'm a certain age, I have a certain look. And that's how they cast me. They just put you in the lineup and say, okay, you, 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 you stay, the rest of you go. Because if you don't look the part, quote unquote, then uh, you're out. And and it's not a personal thing. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you're five, three. I'm five foot three. Why do you think I'm taller? I thought you were taller. No, I know because I wear heels a lot. So I, tr- I, I wish I were taller. So that's my dream. My next life, I'm coming back as a, as a tall, <laughs> um, very tall model, of course, because okay. why not? Um, yeah. Is there anything you could do to prepare for that or throw any breadcrumbs no. down to make sure that, that I just happen? have it in my brain and that it's going to happen and that's all there is to it. So if I have anybody I can talk to uh, on the other side of this life, I'm going to have a little chat and uh, you know, chances are here's what's going to happen. I'm going to come back as a frog <laughs> or a tree or a lizard. See, but maybe that's because you it's that kind of simplicity is what you're looking for for a little while. Because that would be like a vacation no. to be an animal. No. You don't, it's not a very long no, lifespan. No, I want to be a six-foot-tall, so leggy model. Well, that you after you you have to basically pay your dues, though. You first get to be the frog for no. a couple of weeks, and then you get I've, to be I've been a frog already. I don't want to be a frog anymore. I want to be oh, – I think? want I want to be, um, you know, a tall, leggy model. Just because that's yeah. just the way it is, you know. It's, it's cool. I think I'd love to be a tall, leggy model. I mean, I just well, to be sure. I men or, aren't I, I mean, models. to be a hot guy, I guess, would be great what? too. What? Um, I guess it's all about wanting to be somebody that's hot and desired and, and, and gets everything be just because I'm hot and desired. 
You know what I mean? Like you can walk in somewhere and you get everything you want just because you're a beautiful person. See, there's a, there's a typecasting thing right there. We see beautiful people and they get everything. They do. They do. Bastards. Right. It's subjective. And where does that come from? Like, where did we establish this? Going with the typecasting thing, it's like as an actor, I I think, well, but I could play that. Like, I would love the opportunity to do that. But as an unknown actor, I'm not in any place in my career that I get to determine, oh, this is a cool project. Let me work on it. Right now, the auditions I get, if I'm not creating my own work, is I'm fitting into a typecast based on- You play, you play lawyers, you play doctors- Jewish lawyers, Jewish doctors, because you're you actually look like that. Fish, you play a rabbi, you know. I mean, you're perfect for those roles. And the reality is because we see you and see you in a lab coat, and I go, Oh, that's a that's a Jewish doctor. I mean, it you know, again, it applies to life. People get typecast immediately just when you meet them. You know, you meet somebody, you immediately make a judgment about them you know, uh, just what kind of person they are just by looking at them and hearing them speak. Right. And we do that at work. We do that with people that we meet at parties. We do that with uh, people that we meet that we start dating. I mean, it's, it's actually, it's probably something that's really innately important because that's how we survived. You know, you make a judgment about, um, somebody who might be, you know, you're, um, cave person or something and you have to make a judgment call about somebody and uh, that might kill you. Yep, we do it right with anybody that we approach and decide, oh, I'm going to strike up the conversation with this person. It's based on something about them matched up with an interest. I don't know if that's chemistry or what that is. Right. It's probably a whole bunch of things. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of stuff that we can't put our finger on that we can't explain. It's just there. But yet we all we all recognize it. So that's why, you know, that's why typecasting yeah. happens and that's why how casting happens, but that's okay. That's totally cool. You know, play, play whatever parts, you know, you grandpa, you. Everything skews younger. Like they want young looking versions of that age range, whatever it is that they're looking to cast. Um, mm. So if it's a middle-aged guy, they want a 40-year-old, not a 50-year-old to play the middle-aged guy. Right. If they want the grandfather, they want the young, energetic-looking grandfather. You know, if Maybe. And if it's a senior citizen, like retired people, even those people then they want a more youthful-looking version of the you know, that older person, whatever that is. Well, it depends on the product and what they're trying to, you know, sell. Yeah, typecasting, it's... Uh, it's the reality of the business, absolutely. And just because, like I said, it's it's about, well, that's what we do in life as well. So art's supposed to be replicating real life. And so there's all that's tied together. And it does. And it does. Mm, think about that for a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm always good chatting with you, Fishy Fish. Yes. And love we it. are going to meet again soon. But before you go, tell me where can we find you online? Oh, same old places at uh, lizescrol.com, which points you to budabalboa.com. Working on that. And, and of course, here at Places in Five with you, Fish. And you are going to be, I believe, at one of your places this weekend. Yes, I'm at Flappers tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight. And, uh, Yep, tonight I got a show and oh, uh, so going um, to see if, if a couple of things I've been working on are, are going to come together, are going to coalesce and make for a fun set for people. We'll cool. see. Cool. Nothing else. That's it for the moment. All right. That's it. That's it, man. Just places in five. That's the place to be. And what do we say now? And see you.
拜。